Now, we typically have them on Tuesdays, but I had to make some rearrangements, so we have them on this Wednesday. Always happy to have the Blake Lovell on. You can follow him on Twitter at that very handle, at the Blake Lovell. Covers all things SEC for Southeastern 14. Blake, thanks so much for jumping on with us, buddy. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Feeling good, looking good. It's a tremendous Wednesday, and we're glad to be talking some college basketball with you because there is a million things going on right now with college bas- basketball, it feels like, currently. Yeah, a lot happening. Um, you know, I think specifically, you just kind of look at – I mean, yeah, there's just – it's like this point in the season always. It's mid-January is when you start to see, you know, what, you're a quarter of the way, a little more than that, third of the way through conference play. Starting to see some of these teams just separate themselves from everybody else. Um, and, yeah, it's just it starts to get wild from here because, you know, we always kind of laugh. People start doing like the bracketologies in what, you know, October, November before the season's even started. And, but now it's like, okay, these matter. Like you're, you're starting to look at it and be like, all right, this team actually needs to start winning some games because, um, you know, if they don't, they're not going to make the tournament. Whereas, you know, if you're into game five or game eight, we got a long way to go to try to build up that resume. But now you're starting to see some teams that we thought maybe were like locks, like an Arkansas, right? That maybe are not so much a lock anymore because they aren't winning games. And, uh, I think that's where, you know, this point in the season sort of gets interesting as we head into February here in a couple of weeks. Well, they had time to breathe, but I want you to try and talk Tennessee fans off the ledge of them <laughs> seeing post postseason Barnes show up early against, frankly, <laughs> the team they don't want to lose to at home. Yeah, I mean, if it had been anybody else, it still would have been, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been good because of how they played. But because it was Kentucky, I think it would get magnified a little bit. Um, and, I mean, look, if you watched the game last night, they had, what was it, I think he had 10 minutes with five minutes left, in the, or 10 points with five minutes left in the first half. And you're thinking, oh, my goodness, maybe this wasn't just a Kentucky thing. Maybe they are actually becoming, you know, an offensive team that you cannot trust, which has unfortunately happened at times um, in the tournament with them. But, I mean, I, I think if you're looking at the positives, like they went at Mississippi State last night. Mississippi State's a really good defensive team. They can't score, um, but they're a good defensive team. But they win last night on the road by 11 without two of their best players, without Vescovy, without Key. And, you know, that's where you have, like, Julian Phillips, freshman. Beside Jordan James, played the most minutes he's played all season, which is good because, you know, he's – I think he's always kind of been the X factor of that team. Now he's getting over the injury and he's, he's playing a lot more. So it's encouraging. I mean, he had to play that many minutes. But to know that he could, I think it's very encouraging for Tennessee fans. But – I, I can I can talk them off of it for now, I guess, but I still think it's always going to be in the back of your mind because you've seen it happen in some of these games um, where they just go through those stretches where they cannot score. But their defense is so good that I still think that's going to be enough to carry them and, and win the majority of the games they play the rest of the season. Uh, and honestly, guys, like scheduling-wise, I know this is going to sound wild, but – they may actually be the favorite in every game they play in the rest of the season because they don't play one of the tougher SEC schedules. That's not Tennessee's fault. It's just the way it's kind of fallen. But, I mean, don't be surprised if we look up and, like, they are just able to keep winning, but only if, you know, they don't hit those just truly bad stretches offensively they did against Kentucky. Doesn't that almost feel, though, just because of that game? That's I was talking to some buddies while that was going on, and I said, you know, this is, this is a tournament game. That that was a tournament game for yeah. for Tennessee taking on Kentucky, and 
And even, you know, the remarks made by Calipari after the game, talking about how he took, you know, all the electronics and all that kind of stuff out before <laughs> the game, uh, which I want to get your thoughts on that too. But it, it, it did feel like that was a tournament game, and it just seems like it's setting up. We talked about this before. Just, even though they may be doing really well during the season, if they get bounced out in the round of 32 or whatever, it, it just seems like it's all kaput. doesn't really matter. Well, and I think it's, you know, if you don't have the context of what's happened in the tournament, you, you can just look at that game like you would look at, I don't know, pick a team that's actually had success in the tournament over the years, you know, recently and, and haven't lost games that maybe people thought they, they, they shouldn't lose or whatever. I think the, the bigger point would be you look at that game within the context of knowing that what's happened in the tournament and you're thinking, oh, boy. Um, you know, is this kind of what we're going to be in when we get to that spot? And and let's be honest too, like that's if you're talking about like it's a tournament type game, like that's a win or go home game for Kentucky because it's sort of like, I mean, think about what had just happened to them. They lost to South Carolina, which I know there were some people trying to tell me that we were not giving South Carolina enough credit as the worst team in the SEC. Um, they're not just the worst team in the SEC; like they are historically on track to be one of the worst SEC teams we've seen in a decade. And for Kentucky to lose at home to that team. I mean, all the pressure was on Kentucky, uh, where Tennessee, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of pressure on them in that game. But at the same time, you know, those are the kind of games that just come out of nowhere, right? And I think that's the bigger issue, because in some of these tournament games, I don't want to say it's felt like it's come out of nowhere that they lose. But I mean, if I'm thinking like the one that Oregon's Oregon State, what was that, several years ago, um, where Oregon State just came out and just, I mean, Tennessee couldn't score against the team that was like a 12 seed or something. Now Oregon State made a run that year, but... I don't know. It's always going to be there, guys. I mean, it's it's always going to be in the back of your mind. I think this team will be fine, but that was sort of the first instance this season that you saw and just said, uh-oh, like, is this going to happen again? I mean, if it's, you know, if a lot of games set up that way, that, that game right there is going to always be in the back of your mind the rest of the season, I think. It's funny you say South Carolina is one of the worst in a decade, and obviously they they were able to pull off, pull off a W. Um, it's also interesting to see Vanderbilt, the way our fans react, the way – just the general discourse of the season, Stack's contract, all of his comments, and there's still five teams in the SEC, which is proven to be like a pretty good basketball conference, lower than them right now in the standings. Uh, is there any one of those teams of the five that are like below Vanderbilt that like really surprise you? Is it is it Arkansas? You're are, like I just have no idea how they've collapsed so fast. Yeah, I think it probably is. It's got to be Arkansas, and, and I think it's just like I mean. Yeah, there's some similarities, I guess, to Vanderbilt. Like, it's just – it's injuries. I mean, it – you know, Arkansas was a team, and Muss has always been a guy that um, that has played less guys than most. Like, he, he's been one – like, he'll find his five or six, and he'll just go with them. Uh, but now he can't really do that. Like, he, he has to out of necessity, but it's probably, you know, maybe the five and six guys were guys that were going to be the eight or nine guys if you don't, you know, have Nick Smith, who's a top five draft pick maybe next year. And Trevin Brazil, who's probably at the time, I would say probably the most improved player in the SEC and a top 12 player in the league, goes down with a season-ending injury. We don't know if Nick Smith's going to play again. They say he's out through at least January. But that's one of those things in, in this day and age, right, where it's maybe a guy just doesn't play and gets ready for the draft. Um, I, that's just significant. And I don't I don't think you can put that probably on, on must because I, I think it's one where he's playing some guys right now that – we're not going to probably get a ton of minutes um, other than just in this situation and, and sort of the worst case scenario for them uh, to, to be in the spot. And so 
they played a tough schedule too. Uh, I mean, they, you know, losing road games in the SEC is something that a lot of teams do just because it's not easy to win on the road. Uh, but at the same time, they just have a lot of limitations offensively without Nick Smith or Brazil. Um, they just, they're not the same team. And they, outside, I guess, Ricky Council, they don't have guys that just consistently are able to score night in and night out. And when you're in that spot where you don't have three guys, I mean, which, for example, right, we could use Tennessee or Alabama. I mean, they've got three, four, maybe five guys that you trust on a night-in-night-out basis to hit double figures. Well, Arkansas maybe got one or two, and I just think that becomes the issue, and their defense is slipping. You don't want to have a team that all of a sudden has limitations offensively due to injuries that's also slipping defensively, and that's sort of just the worst combination. And I feel like Kentucky was kind of at that point, or maybe still is at that point at times. But Arkansas has got to be the most disappointing team, but I, I don't know if it's – it's disappointing in the context of what we thought they would be, but I don't know if it's that disappointing in terms of like actually seeing it in reality and realizing this team just kind of is what it is at this point. And like I said, they're, they're one to keep an eye on because I mean, you got to win some conference games to make, to make the tournament. And right now they're one and four. So talking with Blake Lovell covers all things sec for the Southeastern 14. Uh, the question I would ask you yesterday leading into the game between Vanderbilt and Alabama uh, that I'm still going to ask you in a different way because I think it kind of answers it because Alabama obviously coming out and playing pretty strong against Vanderbilt and getting that win. The the news over the weekend of Darius Miles uh, being charged with capital murder uh, in providing a gun in a fatal shooting, do, do, do you think that's going to affect the team at all going forward here? Having I mean, I know he wasn't so much. He was a reserve player, uh, but he was still on the roster. Not anymore, obviously, but – do you think that's going to play any effect to the team later on at some point or, or affect Nate Oates in any way? Yeah, and, and I mean, that, that, like you said, I mean, yesterday, that's that's the same question I'm asking myself. It's like, and, and I know a lot of people are asking that question because it is such a, I don't know, right? It's, it feels like an unprecedented situation, at least for, for us. Like, I can remember anything like that sort of happening in season and what, I mean, the day before that, I think Alabama announced that he was out for the year with an injury. And then the next day, you know, that news comes out and you're just like, oh, my goodness. Um, and it's just like one of those things where, like you said, Zach, I mean, it's I think it has to in some way, shape or form. I mean, it has to affect you somehow because it is such a it's such a unique situation. And um, I mean, obviously, such a tragic situation for, for all parties involved, especially, you know, someone loses their life out of this. And and I mean, it's just it's something that I think you're going to think about. And I know Nate Oates talked about you know, consulting different people. And obviously there's one person in, in particular, apparently he consulted that a lot of people were sort of, um, I don't know, shocked is the right word, but um, there, there was certainly a, a lot of feedback to that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that the answer is, it's just so hard to know because I mean, they did play well last night and, you know, it's something that I think is, you know, eventually, I don't know, like, where does that discussion turn to? And, um, I think that's always a fair question now. It's just to kind of, you know, how long does this discussion continue to go on? Because it's something that the players are going to think about because, right, I mean, think about you open social media, open Twitter, anywhere. Like, that's the headline. Like, you're looking and it's, it's everywhere. And it's really, you know, something that you sort of have to acknowledge. And we are talking about college kids, right? I mean, it's, it's something that just kind of is a, a thing. I guess probably the best answer without knowing the answer would be, 
you know, I thought that there was a chance like last night with that game, given the immediacy of everything that it could have went, you know, the other way. And, and maybe you did see a team that just kind of was not there mentally perhaps, but you know, they're still able to pull out a win and quite honestly, you know, look pretty impressive doing so. And also I saw this on Twitter, getting back to some of the Tennessee talk. Uh, I saw people, cause it feels like even after loss against Kentucky, they're still number nine in the nation right now in the rankings. And there's a lot of positive momentum, obviously with just Tennessee athletics as a whole. But I, I saw a lot of people almost doubling down that are Vols fans on their belief in Rick Barnes, saying that he is the greatest Tennessee men's basketball coach in the program's history. What, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get it. Like, if you talk about it from the standpoint of just, like, success, right? And I think that's something we have to keep in mind. Overall success, wins, all that. Like, yay. I mean, he's done some good things. I mean, he's gotten them to – Number one in the nation, I mean, the Grant Williams-Admiral Schofield team was just, I mean, they were on another level, right? I mean, they were just something. And that's why I think the disappointment was what it was, that they weren't able to, you know, do a lot of things that, that they could do with that team and maybe get as far as they thought they could go. I mean, at the same time, I guess you've got to, you know, if you go really way back and, you know, guys, I'm I'm not exactly old, I guess, but, you know, there are a lot of other coaches that have coached in Tennessee that were pretty good, like a trying to think on top of my head, like a Ray Mears. I mean, uh, what, a, a Don DeVoe. And, I mean, Jerry Green obviously had some good teams there. I mean, you can't forget Bruce Pearl. I mean, Bruce Pearl had some good teams, I'd say. They probably had um, a national championship if Bruce Pearl doesn't have a barbecue. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, Bruce is – I mean, I think sometimes it's, it's easy to forget, like, just how good and ahead of, ahead of the times, like, his teams were there. I mean, they were – you know, the SEC was in a much different place as a conference, but I mean, I think sometimes it is easy to forget just how good his teams were there. Um, but I think, you know, Rick Barnes himself, here's, here's the deal. And it's, I don't think it's fair, but it, it's how we, it's how we measure coaches, how fans measure coaches is by postseason success. But if you look at the overall picture, I mean, Rick Barnes is going to go down as one of the most successful coaches in the history of the game because of, how many wins that he's gotten. Think about how many tournament appearances at Texas, all but one season he got the NCAA tournament. Think about how hard that is to do. I mean, Vanderbilt would take that right now, wouldn't they? Um, any other team in the SEC would take that. So I, I think that's what we have to kind of keep it in context of. You're never probably going to win with fans in a, you know one side of the fan base if you don't have the national championship final four type success. But at the same time, I think there are other fans that probably appreciate and understand that you know, I mean, it's taking a risk, right? It's like we need to get a Rick Barnes because he he can't get us to the Sweet Sixteen or he can't get us to the Final Four. We got to get rid of him. Well, what happens? You go out and make the wrong hire. All of a sudden, your program gets set back five years. Would you take winning twenty eight games and getting beaten in a you know a wild card tournament setting uh, in March versus not having those twenty other wins throughout the regular season? I mean, I think it's a fair question and. I think you'll always have people that have different answers to that. But, I mean, Rick Barnes is one of the best to ever do it, and statistically that's just the way it is. So, mm. well, We could talk probably for two straight hours every single day about this, Blake. We appreciate you so, <laughs> my, so much, man, for jumping on with us. Follow him on Twitter at TheBlakeLevel. Covers all things SEC for the Southeastern 14. Thanks so much, Blake. You got it, guys. See you. Good stuff from Blake Lovell there. Rick Barnes, man, I, I you know – 